0: Be prepared for a long podcast today because there is so much going on on this Friday. And by the way, Happy Halloween! This is Gene. You're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey! This is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, so I took a nice day off. I needed it off. I you can still hear. I'm kind of hoarse. Um, I got into, and not really an argument, not even a debate. but I was wearing my let's go Brandon t-shirt. Uh, if you don't know what that is, hold tight. It's going to come out there. And a guy said, well, you know, I know what that means. It's kind of offensive. And I I said, you know, I, I, I don't care. Um, it's what I feel and that's it. And I knew, I knew when I said, that's what I feel that was going to be enough for this guy. But I, here's some advice. Here's it's a bit of debating advice when you do. And by the way, that was it. I it was really not much of a thing, so we didn't really have long discussions about this stuff. Or, but if he wanted to have a long discussion, um, I wasn't going to do it because I couldn't take him seriously. And there's really only one word you need to know. If you ever want to debate me or anybody who is serious about debating, man bun. Never try to debate a conservative with a man bun. Um, man buns are like all that's wrong with our culture. And this guy, this guy, I don't know where he got... He It looked like he actually stuck a baseball in his freaking head. His man bun was so beautiful. It was all... I mean, it was perfectly round. I've seen babies' heads not as perfectly round as that man bun was. But I looked at him and, of course, he had a beard and everything. I was just kind of like, dude, no. I, um, You're insulted? Sorry. Bye. And, and that's the thing. Man buns are, why are they so wrong in culture? And I'm actually writing a book on this right now basically the book's going to be all about culture. But I I saw this guy, you got a man bun on, we're not going to discuss foreign economic policy, because I just can't take you serious. You're going to say something, I'm just going to look at you and say, yeah, dude, my bigot, my argument with this guy would be, yeah, dude, um, you'd have good points, but you got a man bun on. So I, I don't take you seriously. I'm just saying. Okay, let's get to it. So um, Merrick Garland, the um, DOJ lead, the Attorney General of the United States, he was in front of Congress about this letter that he wrote condemning uh, parents who, as domestic terrorists, because they were arguing in front of school boards. So he in front of the House Judiciary Committee, he had basically admitted that the only reason he wrote this letter saying that parents today, uh, parents who argued against the leftist indoctrination machine were the only reason he wrote this letter were domestic terrorists. The only reason he wrote this letter was because um, of this letter. So we know this so far. Uh, Here's the thing. When you go in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, you're going to get a lot tougher questioning it, and the reason why is senators are smarter than House members. Uh, With AOC in the House, does that surprise you? Well, Tom Cotton, there were two senators, Republican senators, of course. Tom Cotton really started the landslide on Merrick Garland. And by the way, Merrick Garland, thank God he never got into this, uh, got onto the Supreme Court because he would have been just terrible. So let, let's listen to Tom this exchange between Tom Cotton and Merrick Garland. It's the first exchange. It's, for me, if I were Merrick Garland, I would just resign. I would say, you know what? I was a judge. I was a federal judge. I, I, I don't need this crap. Okay, because... My God, this looks really bad. So let's listen. The, the clips I have are going to be kind of long, but they're worth it. Okay, so listen.
1: Judge, you've talked a lot about intimidation and harassment. Have you issued a memorandum like your October 4th memorandum about the Black Lives Matter's rights from last summer? You're talking about the summer of 2020. In the summer of 2020, there a were lot a lot of, lot of crimes committed. People and haven't and been. There are a with lot those of
2: prosecutions, and they were under the previous administration.
1: Okay, and Judge. What about this? A lot this? of you It is no doubt. You're, 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 even though parents at school boards aren't within federal jurisdiction, there's no doubt that federal officials are. You keep saying senators. Have you started an investigation into the harassment of Senator Kirsten Cinema in a bathroom? In a bathroom, because she won't go along with the Democratic Party's big tax and spend agenda. That is a sitting United States senator being harassed in a bathroom.
2: I don't know whether the senator has referred the matter to the Justice Department or not.
0: I love this. I, Tom Cotton hit it right on the head. So here's the thing: January sixth, which he started, which he started a, which he started, a um, which he started an investigation of, and is continuing to prosecute people, also did not happen during the administration of Joe Biden. But you can't investigate, you can't investigate last summer's riots because it's under the Trump administration? That's interesting. And by the way, that's not how it works. The reality is he could investigate last year's thing. No problem. And you can see, listen listen to Merrick Garland. He sounds really confused. He sounds really lost when he when this stuff gets thrown at him. I, he's a judge. Do you think maybe he's a lawyer, a judge? Do you think maybe he was prepared for this at all? And by the way, that's only one clip. I've got two more. That basically shows this guy was never really prepared for this thing. Could it be because he's just an idiot or could it be that he actually just doesn't care? And Kirsten Cinema since when does Kirsten Cinema need to say, "Hey, um, FBI, you need to investigate this"? Because here's the thing: Kirsten uh, C- Cinema was accosted by three kids. There's really not that much to investigate, and Kirsten Cinema is enough of an adult. I like Kirsten Cinema. I, I personally think if I were in, if I lived in Arizona, I'd probably vote for her, even if she's running against a Republican. Because I, I do like her. I, I loved when I saw her stand up during one of Trump's speeches because she just liked what he said. I, I don't see a problem there. I, I think that's a good person. A moderate Democrat I'll vote for. I have no problem with it. But Kirsten does Kirsten cinema seem like she doesn't have the balls enough to sit back? and say, hey, you know something, this is just not that big of a deal. I don't need the FBI to investigate it. I mean, there were a lot less things that the FBI is investigating, such as a bunch of parents that don't like critical race theory, critical gender theory, or a father whose daughter was raped at a school. And I talked about this earlier. They're talking specifically about Loudoun County. And then you start an investigation because of a letter by the School Boards Association? Yeah, no. Okay, well, Tom Cotton lights him up more. And this is pretty awesome. Listen.
1: You've cited as the basis for that directive the National School Board Association's letter of September 29th. Was that directive being prepared before September 29th, before the School Board Association letter was issued? I don't believe so. Certainly I didn't have any idea. So it was only prepared to a- Okay, I think that answers the question. already answered that so, question before. So you, you keep citing the School Board letter and news reports. That's news right. re- One that's of the right. news reports cited in that letter, which you presumably mean, is from Loudoun County, Virginia. No, that's Scott-
2: not, that is not done, uh, what I was talking about. Well, talking it, about- you
1: keep citing news reports, and not- that's the most prominent news report that anyone in America has seen. That refers to Scott Smith whose 15-year-old daughter was raped, she was raped in a bathroom by a boy wearing girls' clothes, and the Loudoun County School Board covered it up because it would have interfered with their transgendered policy during Pride Month. And that man, Scott Smith, because he went to a school board and tried to defend his daughter's rights, was condemned internationally. Do you apologize to Scott Smith and his 15-year-old daughter, Judge? Senator, anyone who is... Uh,
2: child was raped as uh, as the most horrific crime I can imagine, and is certainly entitled and protected by the First Amendment to protest to their school board
1: about this. But he was cited by the School Board Association as a domestic terrorist, which we now know. That letter and those reports were the basis for your... No, no, this is wrong. Judge, this is shameful. This this testimony, your directive, your performance is shameful. That's not... Thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You should resign in disgrace, Judge.
0: Wow. I have to actually tone down my voice because apparently my mic is picking up a lot more. I mean, wow. He's absolutely correct, by the way. Tom Cotton is. And Merrick Garland actually admitted all this stuff. This isn't something that they're making up here. He admitted this in front of the House Judiciary Committee, that this encounter in Loudoun County was... One of the reasons he wrote the letter. And by the way, I've, I i think I've already explained the Loudoun County thing in a couple podcasts ago or last podcast. I don't want to go into it again because I, I think it's just really disturbing. But this guy, this attorney general can't seem to get anything out of his mouth. And he can't seem to defend anything anything and it it really is kind of sad to see this guy he looks like joe biden just stuttering and confused unfortunately that was the best interview that he he had ted cruz who's also a prosecutor he has argued in front of the supreme court i've read his book Um, yeah, he had something to say about this whole thing, and it was ugly. It was really ugly. This is a longer clip, but I'm playing it for a reason.
3: A big part of this this letter is that they're upset about parents not wanting critical race theory taught. Your son-in-law makes a very substantial sum of money from a company involved in the teaching of critical race theory. Did you seek and receive a decision from an ethics advisor at the Department of Justice before you carried out an action that would have a predictable financial benefit to your son-in-law?
2: This memorandum is aimed at violence and threats I and just violence.
3: asked a question. Did you, seek an, no Did you seek an on... ethics opinion? It has
2: no predictable Did you seek an
3: ethics opinion? It has no Did you seek an ethics opinion? Judge, you know how to ask questions and answer them. Did you seek an ethics opinion?
2: You asked me whether I sought an ethics opinion about something that would have a predictable effect on something. This has no predictable effect in the way that you're talking about. So
3: if critical race theory is taught in more schools, does your son-in-law make this more money? This memo has nothing. If critical race theory is taught in more schools, does your son-in-law make more money? Yes or no?
2: This this memorandum has nothing to do with critical race Will theory you answer or if you any an kind opinion. of curriculum. Will you yes. answer
3: if you sought an ethics I am
2: answering the best I can. Wait, yes
3: please. or no? Did, you seek,
2: Did you
3: seek an ethics opinion?
2: This memorandum has nothing to do with General, critical
3: General, are you race refusing theory. to answer if you sought an ethics I'm opinion? I am telling you
2: that there is no possible... So
3: you are saying no. Just answer it directly. You know how to answer a question directly. I'm Did saying, you seek an an ethics opinion?
2: I'm telling you that if I thought there was any reason to believe there was a conflict of interest I would do that but I cannot... Why do you
3: refuse to answer the question? Why won't you just say no? I'm sorry. You're not going to answer the question? I'm sorry say, ask the question again. Did you seek an ethics opinion?
2: I'm saying again I would seek an ethics opinion in. So
3: no is the answer correct? There was a Senator of your time is up. Let the record reflect the Attorney General refuses to answer whether he sought an ethics opinion, and apparently ethics are not a terribly high priority in the Biden Justice Department.
2: I don't think that's a fair reflection of what I said.
3: Then answer the question. Senator, you've gone way beyond any other senator's time. I think you ought to be at least respectful of other senators at this point. Mr. Chairman, do you know the answer, whether he sought an ethics opinion? I think you have exchanged that so many times, we know where we stand.
0: I love this. I, I love this because basically what has happened is Cruz can't get an answer out of the guy. In other words, he's lying. Or he if he sat back and he said something that answered the question, it was going to make him look bad. This is the problem with the Biden administration altogether. They're so busy not trying to look bad they can't tell the truth. The entire administration lies like rugs. No, he didn't get an ethics. We all know that. That's the problem. And everything he says. I, the, re, the reason there's that saying out there that says, How do you know when a politician or a lawyer lies? They start talking. This is exactly what Garland does, Sackey does it, Biden does it. Kamala Harris does it, except she does it very badly. That's why I like that interview. That's why I actually kept that, uh, it's two minutes, I know, very long. Considering I'm supposed to go a half hour, but there's no way I'm going a half hour. Today I'm going an hour. I'm going all the way. Because there's so many stories, I can't even cover all the stories today. For example, the Biden administration paying illegal aliens $450,000 for something Trump did. I I can't talk about that because I just don't have the time. But this is a a line of questioning I love because it's a line of questioning that really shows the Biden administration for what they are. Okay, so some great news uh, about the economy, and I'm being sarcastic, uh, Joe Biden had a long meeting yesterday with the Democrats about his infrastructure, his structure, the structure of this reconciliation bill. It has been cut down by a lot so that the moderate Democrats would actually accept that bill. Be aware, Republicans are telling Biden to kick rocks. This is going to be completely on the Democrats. The bill has been slimmed down to $1.75 trillion. By the way, that 1.75 trillion, 550 trillion, is going to climate change, which no one's interested in. It still has not been audited by the CBO. Uh, one of the reasons it hasn't been audited by the CBO is one, it's 2,400 pages long, and two, the Democrats probably don't want it audited by the CBO because there is a contingency within that bill to legalize 10 million illegal aliens, which the CBO already said is unconstitutional. You can't put that in a reconciliation bill. So it, it's it's this is a bill that is, I'm gonna call it right now. It's gonna die hard. This bill is not going anywhere. But that's okay. it wasn't going anywhere anyway. The radical Democrats like Sanders and the squad, don't support the bill. So this thing really isn't going nowhere. And in December, really, that's going to be the cutoff point because we are starting the election season of 2022 in December. And Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat running for the governorship in Virginia, is now losing. And I think this is putting a bit of a panic in a lot of senators, and a lot of representatives. So chances are this isn't going to really pass. Probably a good thing. All it would do is raise inflation, raise our national debt. And by the way, the national debt ceiling is going to be hit in December, I think 7th or 6th or something. So all this stuff is going to a, is gonna come to a head. None of this stuff is going to happen. But here's something Here's something about our economy now. Uh, Kimberly Clark, which is the company that owns things like Kleenex, Cottonelle, Huggies, Scott Toilet Paper. Yeah, they're going to raise prices again this year. They raised prices in June. But they're saying that the shortages are so bad that their stock has fallen 2%. Mike Sue, the CEO of Kimberly Clark, said, quote, our earnings are negatively impacted by significant inflation and supply chain disruptions that increased our costs beyond what we anticipated. We are taking further action, including additional pricing and enhanced cost management to mitigate the headwinds as it is becoming clear they are not likely to resolve quickly. I bet you thought the whole toilet paper thing was over. It's not. And this also shows something. it's not an upper class problem. I don't know. Lower and middle class class people they also need toilet paper and diapers. So this is going to be a huge thing for the Biden administration. It's not getting better and we're heading to we're heading to Thanksgiving. I wish we talked about yesterday or day before yesterday. CNBC reported, um, well, no, hold on, hold on. Um, the supply chain crisis is also causing real issues in the United States as far as regular companies, companies that you're used to, I'm used to. Well, companies have decided, well, if we can't hire people based on the fact we're missing. Employees for 10.4 million jobs in this country. We're just going to get rid of the jobs. So, McDonald's has decided that they're going to automate their drive through and soon their restaurants, eliminating those jobs. CNBC reported as part of a deal, IBM will acquire McDonald's Tech Labs, which was formerly known as Apprentice. Dente, whatever, before McDonald's bought the tech company in 2019. McDonald's didn't disclose financial terms of either transaction. So essentially is McDonald's sold IBM their tech lab. That tech lab uses AI, develops AI technology that is going to be used for drive-through orders. Again, CNBC. This summer, McDonald's tested the tech in a handful of Chicago restaurants. The head of the new tech company, I I can't pronounce the name, I'm not even going to try, said that the test showed substantial benefits to customers and employees. In other words, well, I mean, those benefits are that they're just going to get rid of the employees. It's going to be the existing employees that receive benefits. Now, I told you this was going to happen probably about two years ago. Companies are either going to be priced out of having employees or go to, and go to AI, or we're going to have to quit this $15 an hour minimum wage thing. McDonald's is now paying $15 an hour, and they're getting killed. I never thought companies would be converting to AI because people did not want jobs, which is the case right now. You can go to McDonald's and get a $15 an hour job. People don't want it. So this is another problem with the 10.4 million jobs not being filled. They're going to be filled in some way. And now technology is going to replace those jobs with machines. And you know what's, (coughs) you know, what's going to end up happening? People are going to start bitching when they decide the government runs out of money and they can't be supported by the government. People are going to start bitching and you're going to see the news media bitch about this. That people can't get jobs because they've been replaced by technology. And then we're going to need a universal basic income, which by the way, we already have in some, in certain cases, Uh, that child tax credit thing is basically a universal basic income. And then people are going to realize, well, I can't survive on $300 a month, $600 a month, whatever it is. They're going to try and get jobs and they're not going to be able to because those jobs are going to be gone. Because the companies innovate and and create workers that don't complain about $15 an hour. So be prepared. Okay, and next story. Um, here's a broad from, and I say broad because I'm a sexist who hates this person, um, that is a professor at Rutgers University. Now, I'm not a sexist. I take it back. I shouldn't say that. Use your words. But she's just a bad human being. I Let's call it what it is. She's being interviewed on The Root Podcast, which is a far-left African-American podcast. This is absolutely an incredible diatribe she had. The whole diatribe was a total of five minutes. I cut it down a little bit into four different clips. But I, I just had to put as much in as I could because I couldn't believe what she had actually said. And I can't believe that this gal is actually going to still be working for Rutgers University. Okay, by the way, Rutgers, to get your education at Rutgers University, which is, I think, New Jersey, it's $100,000. And by the way, she's an associate professor. She's an assistant professor. She's not a full-tenured professor. But I guarantee you she will be. So let's listen to this first clip.
4: I think that white people are committed to being villains in the aggregate, right? The real sort of issue here, and I you know, I've heard people sort of say it, is one, I think that white people viscerally fear. It's not that white people don't know, right, what they have done. They know. They fear that there is no other way to be human but the way in which they are human, which is to, so you know, like you talk to white people and whenever you, you really want to have a reckoning about it, they say stuff like, you know, it's just human nature. If y'all had all of this power, you would have done the same thing, right?
0: Okay, this is a rhetorical question for you. What if we swapped white and black in that entire statement? And a white man said it. It's a rhetorical question. We all know the answer. Um, White people are villains in the aggregate. What this basically means is we are villains as a group. Doesn't matter what our individual actions are. All white people are racist and evil. Um, I'm sorry. And this is the big problem with intersectionality. People will listen to her and say, I know I've never held slaves in my life. My family's never held slaves in their lives. So how is this a thing? doesn't matter what we do as an individuals you're white you're evil period but she also mentions that we're afraid to admit this which means not only are we evil we're cowards too her last point if every every white person this is what she said every white person would would say that if blacks had the power they would do the same thing. All of us white people say this. That's what she's saying. I don't recall ever hearing anyone saying this, especially when slavery is the topic. I know we talked about it in high school. I don't remember anyone saying this. No one thinks, no normal white person thinks that slavery was a good thing. I'm going to answer that rhetorical question, This is all racist. Everything she says in the next four, three clips, it's all racist. This gal is saying that people of color are morally and, well, religiously, she's going to say that later, superior to white people. All white people. This is Ku Klux Klan talk.
4: This is Nazi talk. Here's the next clip. And it's like, no, that's what white humans did. White human beings thought there's a world here and we own it. Prior to them, black and brown people have been sailing across oceans, interacting with each other for centuries without total subjugation, domination and colonialism.
0: Okay, this what's disturbing is this gal's teaching your kids. Okay, lots of what she said there. And I kid you, it's a 30 second clip. 20 some odd second clip and it was all lies black and brown people were not traveling around the world discovering countries and civilizations and things like that that didn't happen black and brown people people were also enslaving people they it happened in native america it happened in africa that's untrue Do you think the Spanish and the Portuguese were going to Africa and just grabbing people off? No, African chiefs and warlords were actually selling people to the slaves, typically for guns, minerals, uh, technology that the Europeans had. None of this is true. By the way, what's the first thing you think of when I say the word scalping? Scalping. Could it be the American Indians? I know that this gal wants everyone to believe that black and and, and brown people were living in Kumbaya. They weren't. According to the Global Slavery Index, there are 9.2 million slaves in Africa today. Today. I mean, Africa as late as the 1980s was still banning slavery. That's 7.6 people per 1,000. So, no, it, revisionist history. Here's this next clip and there's going to be more of this revisionist history
4: here. i uh, what a what a show, this iteration of treatment of, of- other human beings means and that my hope is that we would do it differently you know in the moments when we have some power we will not do it perfectly but I do think that all of us can sort of agree that a politics that says like there are superior and inferior human beings just isn't the way to go and that's the thing that white people don't trust us to do because they are so corrupt you know their thinking is so morally and spiritually bankrupt about power that they can't let you know they fear viscerally existentially letting go of power because they cannot imagine that there's another way to be it is either that you dominate or you are dominated and isn't it sad that 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 is spiritually who they are and that they can't imagine a sort of more expansive notion of the world
0: okay you know something liberals always use the term existentially I this this gal supposedly has a master's degree um I don't think she knows what existentially means But listening to that diatribe again, here's some questions for you. Notice she said how good people of color are. She said how morally and religiously bankrupt white people are. Does it sound like she's putting people of color as morally superior to white people? And what would happen if a white person said a the same thing about people of color. If I said that, I'm a white person, if I said that on a podcast and I was an associate professor at Rutgers, do you think I'd have a job tomorrow? As I shouldn't. How are these people, I mean, I I truly believe this is a stupid woman. I do believe this is a stupid woman. I truly believe these guys don't know what racism is. Because all they do is say racist things. She was on a TED Talk, for Christ's sake. They say completely racist things, but they are so out of touch, they don't realize what they're saying is racist finally the last clip
4: the thing i want to say to you is we got to take these motherfuckers out but i know but like we can't say that right we can't say like i don't believe in a project of violence i truly don't because i think in the end that our souls suffer from that and i do think that some of this is a spiritual condition so here is where i land most days about white people um and i actually have been helping this by thinking about indigenous people right see part of the challenge of, around whiteness is that it totally skews our view of everything, right? I gave this like TED talk about this some years back. And one of the reasons I was trying to think about it is like the the world didn't start when white people arrived in America and tried to tell all the rest of us how things were going to go. There were people out here making worlds, Africans and indigenous people, being brilliant and, you know, libraries and inventions and, you know, vibrant notions of humanity and cross-cultural exchange long before white people showed up being raggedy and violent and terrible and trying to take everything from everybody. And that's really important because if we believe that history starts for us when white people drag us to these shores, then we can never get outside of the notion that this is going to be our existential struggle.
0: Okay. We got to take these MFers out. But we can't say that? She did. She did say it. And she means it. She doesn't sound any different from a KK member or a Nazi. This is how concentration camps and gulags are started. This is how people are gassed and thrown into an oven, and their bodies thrown into an oven. She does believe in violence to solve the problem. I bet she supported the BLM riots. And more revisionist history from this gal. There are no Native American roads or libraries or science labs. That's just a lie. The largest Native American cities were built on hear, hear it hear it out, slavery and human sacrifice. That's a fact. She needs to learn a book. The Aztecs, the Incans, the Mayans were the largest civilizations in the West. And they lived off of slavery and human sacrifice. And by the way, there was no cross-cultural exchange between Native Americans. They fought wars with each other. And that includes the Europeans. The Native American Indians were fighting wars against the Europeans. Don't forget... The Europeans and the Americans were in don't, Europeans and Americans were involved in the deaths of 90% of Native Americans. That's absolutely true. But most of the deaths of the Native Americans was due to disease, not war. And let's not forget, during those wars between the European and American settlers, 30% of European and North Americans were killed. So it wasn't like the Native Americans didn't go out and fight war. It wasn't a one-side fight. She's basically lying and creating history that just isn't true. And here's a newsflash. Yes, America was founded by the Europeans. And yes, European settlers did create the United States of America. And no, it was a good thing. All I have to say is that if I went on a tangent like this about black people, I'd be banned. This dumb broad is teaching college where degrees cost $100,000 a year and she doesn't know crap. She can't even speak well. Do you think she's worried about losing her job again? I don't think so. I don't think so at all okay so we're gonna go for another few minutes because I just there's some there's some stupid crap out there that we need to talk about because I, I think this stuff's fun and I always manage to skip over this stuff so um, so representative Jeff Duncan who's from South Carolina wore a let's go Brandon mask on the house floor on Monday now if you don't know about that um, let me just why that phrase is a big deal. Let me go over that. I think I might have gone over it before, but it came after Brandon Brown won a NASCAR race a couple of weeks ago. And during an interview with a reporter that was live, shot live, the crowd started yelling, F Joe Biden. The reporter, obviously nervous about what was going on, said, Listen to the crowd, Brandon. They're, they're yelling, let's go, Brandon. They're really excited for you. Crap like that. Since then, this has all become a national joke because the crowd was not yelling, let's go, Brandon. And Brandon Brown, who won the race, knew that's not what they were yelling because it was very clear. You can go on the internet right now type in Let's Go, Brandon. It's going to show you the clip. It's awesome. So since then, Let's Go, Brandon has become a meme, an internet meme, and a national joke. And I think all of this is great. I actually own two Let's Go, Brandon t-shirts like I talked about earlier. Anyway, so this guy's wearing a Let's Go, Brandon uh, t-shirt. Duncan is wearing, uh, not t-shirt, excuse me, a um, mask. So he's got a mask on because they're required to. And it says, let's go Brandon on the mask. So this Democratic Party chairwoman, Jody Gollin, got pissed off about it. She said, quote, is she tweeted because no one says anything anymore. They all tweet. Not only does Jeff Duncan not deliver for the people of the third district. I don't know if that's true or not. I cannot think of a thing he has truly done. He now sports a vulgar slogan on his mask and walks off the floor. The hypocrisy of the faith and freedom barbecue is exposed. All right. Well, um, let's go, Brandon, is not vulgar. It represents something vulgar, but it's not vulgar. It's let's go, Brandon. Show me one thing about that that's vulgar. And I find it amazing that... These people talk about vulgarity when they are the most vulgar. I mean, remember uh, Rashida Tlaib screamed that F Donald Trump several times and that's not condemned. I guess maybe this gal would be more understanding if Duncan went out and like burned a courthouse down like BLM did. Maybe that would be less vulgar. I don't know. What's great about the, the Let's Go Brandon thing, and it's not going away, is that it has made Joe Biden into a national joke, an internet meme. The left thought it would go away by now, but conservatives don't forget. We're like elephants. That's why we're an elephant. I it, We just don't forget. And the left knows it. And they're getting pretty pissed off about it. Okay, in this next stupid uh, story, there's a gal... I First off, I've always told you TikTok is evil. TikTok is one of the most evil applications ever there, out there, and what a freaking shock that China invented it. So there's this TikTok influencer from Miami, Florida, named Jane Rivera, and she was lambasted over a bunch of selfies she took. So you might be asking... Okay. I mean, everyone takes selfies. My kids take selfies, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Yeah. She took him in front of her dead father's coffin. She pulled the photos uh, from TikTok after people started tearing her apart as they rightly should. The ironic thing is that a lot of those people that are tearing her apart would probably have done the same thing and not thought twice about it this is a beautiful example of how the difference uh, about the differences between the generations. Okay. Rivera's father was a veteran. He fought for our country while his daughter is nothing but a selfish, vain kid. We see a lot of this today. People don't appreciate what they have. People don't appreciate what others have done. And this is one of the things that really... I, I say it on Twitter almost daily now. We really need a war against a common and absolute enemy so that we will all join together again. Because here's the problem. The generation, this the current generation, and maybe the millennials, I think the millennials are getting a bad rap half the time. They are... An extremely selfish and pampered group. They really have never gone through anything that would, would require self sacrifice. I mean, when I was a kid, we had to worry about nuclear war, we had to worry about terrorism. And we had some good things. We had the Olympic uh, gold medalist. We had the, we had the um, uh, space mission, which Chad doesn't believe in, which he's wrong. But we had to sacrifice. We had to do things. We had to test diving under our desk during nuclear weapon drills. It was a thing. But people today don't worry about anything. I think the only way we're going to actually get out of that is we actually have a war with a common and absolute enemy. I would say China would be the that common and absolute enemy. But the problem is a lot of people love China. So, we'll have to see. And then in our final stupid story and Friggin' PETA, you gotta know that the stupid story is gonna come from PETA. So, here's it. Um, PETA decided to say this. They sent out a tweet. Bullpen refers to an area where bulls pen, where bulls are held before they are slaughtered. It's a word with specious roots. Specious means racist, but against animals. (laughs) Yeah, and we can do better than that. Switching to arm barn for baseball bullpens would be a home run for baseball players, baseball fans, players, and animals. Let's liberate the language we use in baseball. is pitch replace bullpen with arm barn, and then it's got a picture of a cow and a base cow looking at you with a Baseball diamond below. I actually. (laughs) It's just so stupid. But that's PETA. I mean PETA thinks we should be eating humans. Not animals. Which is weird. Uh, Obvious. I've never eaten a human being before. But I guarantee you we're probably really gamey. Probably don't taste that good. Never eaten a dog either. But I'm sure we probably taste like dog. Never. I've eaten horse. That's what mortadella is from italy so and i don't like mortadella very fatty uh now here's the thing i don't necessarily dislike this armbar and sound like it's kind of cool but i i don't dislike this for another thing she's offended these people pita is offended by bullpen because of the cruelty with the bulls right oh that's where bulls are penned um you know something i would call it Armbarn because I don't know. I'm thinking the pitchers and the catchers that have to warm up in the bullpen don't want to be compared to bulls or cows. Maybe it should be Major League Baseball that makes the change, not because it's insulting to the cows, but it's insulting to the players. If I were a player, I wouldn't want to be called a bull or a cow. So, I mean... Maybe we should have a discussion on this. I think it could be an interesting discussion. Okay, well, that's it. I mean, I, it went a long time today. I had a fun. I I haven't even saved this yet. So, and there's so much stuff. I mean, I haven't even talked about Biden wanted to pay illegal immigrants 450000 I haven't talked much about uh, what's going on in Europe with Biden is in Europe for this... I haven't even I should have put this in the stupid things today where now AOC has decided to say, oh, we're not going to all die in 20 or 20, 2130, which is what she said in 20, 21 or 2018. We're not all going to die in 2030. We're going to die now in 2038. So I, I didn't talk about how her pushing that, but maybe next week. I don't know. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Love you all. Have a great Halloween and a nice weekend. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.